Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about data-driven decisions. Federal Reserve officials like to call their decisions data-dependent. Business leaders say it a little differently. They call it data-driven. The point in both cases is something like, we consider all the relevant data when making important decisions. Well, that's all well and good, but does anyone really say otherwise? To say you prefer seat-of-the-pants guesswork doesn't typically impress investors. So, of course, people claim to be data-driven, even when they're not. Even worse, you can sincerely think you're data-driven when looking at data that's incomplete, distorted, or just plain wrong. I mean, it's easy to happen. We live in a complex world. It's easy to find irrelevant and incorrect data. We all know people who do that, but do we do it ourselves? The kinds of measurements that lead to good decisions aren't easy to come by even when everyone involved means well. Add in the fact that we're all biased in different ways, and it gets complicated quickly. Disciplined investing is absolutely critical in today's markets because the risks have multiplied. It sounds counterintuitive, but if you look at a market like it is today, we've seen this playbook before, and we've seen it many, many times throughout history. People have simply forgotten that. What's happening right now reminds me of 1979. It reminds me of the dot-com era. It reminds me of the global financial crisis. I'm not here to say that we're about to repeat the global financial crisis, but in moments of transition, emotions get out of control, and otherwise rational decision-making goes out the window. But we know what happens next. You go to the store, and you buy things on sale. But you only do that when you have a notion of value. If chicken soup is on sale at the grocery store this week, you might buy a few extra cans. It's human nature to take advantage of a bargain. Well, this is exactly what you need to do with your investments. So we look in the marketplace and say, yeah, there's worry, but that's normal. And yes, people are scared. That's normal too. But then you need to understand the behavioral overlay. People do the wrong thing at the wrong time. So putting it all together, I know as an investor that when things get put on sale, as long as there's a business reason to buy the asset, I'm going to buy it at a time when everyone else is running for the exits. You want to look behind the headlines. In fact, I would argue this is one of the reasons you listen to this podcast. If you wanted headlines, you would just read the Wall Street Journal. But the headlines are always behind the curve. You want to identify opportunities that are on the back page before they become front page news. Most investors do it the other way around. They look at the front page and they say, oh wow, that's in the news. I better buy or I better sell. And they get all upset about what's happening in the news. Not coincidentally, Lots of clickbait artists masquerading as journalists understand how to manipulate the psyche. But you know that's a trap. If you look at the back page, the 12th page, the stuff at the back of the newspaper, that's where you frequently find the one-off headlines, the one that's just a tiny glimpse of information that you could pull on. One thing I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that missing opportunity is always more expensive than trying to avoid risks that you cannot control. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind. You absolutely want thorough risk management. You see, markets have an upside bias, and you need to play to that, regardless of how you feel about the current market situation. Risk management is how you handle your emotions. At my company, Y Street Capital, we like to look at market fundamentals. Is the cost of construction going up? Well, yes, it is. Will construction become so affordable that construction will come to a screeching halt? I personally don't think so. The cost of capital will eventually need to come down or incomes will need to increase 
or somehow the housing will need to become rebalanced with the household income. Maybe houses will need to shrink in size to become more affordable. Maybe homes will become multi-generational in order to improve affordability. Maybe we'll see more accessory dwelling units being built into new construction, and the rental income from these attached dwellings will partially offset the high cost of home ownership. The model is going to evolve. The difficulty will force creativity and innovation. And yet, many will quit and sit on the sidelines waiting for housing to become affordable again. I have a new term for those people. I call them lifelong tenants. Now, if you choose not to invest because you fear the macro environment is too risky, well, then you cease to be an investor as well. You're merely a consumer. But if you're disciplined in your analysis and you say no to an investment opportunity that does not meet your criteria, that's awesome. At least you have an investment criteria. So many people I speak with don't have a clearly articulated and explicit investment philosophy. They then point to some data in support of their emotional decision, and that's confirmation bias at its worst. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.